got to yeah. get better. That's Hezekiah Walker right there. And our trumpets. Check him out. Uh, you know, okay. I was just thinking as we're coming out of that and everything we've been talking about this morning, the flipping of the calendar and, and how we're looking forward prophetically to the the good, the better. Oh, good. And that's the song that comes up right there. I think we're going to have to pick that one as our theme for this Rosh Hashanah <laughs> in particular. Yeah, we, we are talking off the air a lot of time in between these, and we were just talking about the the last hour of the teaching today is going to be all on the prophetic. What What's coming in the new year? Mm-hmm. This gimel, this what is that? And uh, I am so looking forward. This is the first year since, like, I don't know, like three or four years. It's actually this bright. This mm. It's uh, exciting. And we were both looking back through our lives 10 years ago to kind of measure and say, yeah, it's you know, there's so much reality and all that. So, yeah. uh, well, and that's what this whole thing is about is the, the reality of how God takes a journey. And we look at it. And, yes, we let go of our past, but we see what he's done. Yeah. And we take the inventory of the people he's put in our lives, the places that he's put us, and we're like, ah, I see I see what you did there. So then even when you're in that season of just uncertainty and this is going wrong and that is going wrong, you can always look at those times that God brought it back around. Made it better. And made it better. Yeah. Because it's always going to get better. And it's, you can always look for the hope. And also, when you look back, you go, well, it's better now. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of ways for that. Well, I'm going to uh, stop the hour. 8 o'clock hour is when we pray for the lost, especially. Maybe you. I don't know. But uh, then we'll continue. We're going to look at the voice behind the shofar. Mm. And you know that Scott, who's for you and who's with you, who wants to make things better. If you've been having a rough year. Yeah. Father, we lift each of these up today. Lord, I I thank you that you are near, that you are with us, whether we're in our bedroom or in the bathroom or in the car, we're at work or we're outside, wherever we are, we don't have to go somewhere to find you because you've already found us. You are Emmanuel. You are God with us. The living God who created everything out of nothing. And no matter what it is we're dealing with, Lord, all you need is our nothing, and you got more than enough mm. to make it better. And Lord, I thank you for all that you've done, all that you are, all that you've given, all that you will give. God, I thank you for your presence. This year is yes. really about your presence, and I'm looking forward to the the more of your presence. And right now, there's those who have. You know, they've figured out religion a bit, even Christianity a little bit, maybe church, but uh, they may not know you. They actually don't know you. And Lord, I, I, I pray for those today. They just don't know you. They won't, may even want to know you, but I've never asked you to come and to forgive their sins, to wash them clean and make them new, like the flip of a calendar page, to make them brand new with a new hope, with a new vision, a new purpose. And Lord, so for the one who's just gone as far as they can go, they really like that calendar. They're, the last date's there, and they're ready to flip the page. Lord, I ask you right now that uh, you would save them to the uttermost. Turn their heart to you fully. Save them to the uttermost. Take away every sin and leave them uh, set up for your filling and infilling and overfilling your presence every single day. Lord, turn that heart and and begin to pull those hearts closer and closer and closer. And I thank you, God, that all we have to do is ask and we receive because you love us that much. Lord, do that thing right now. 
In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, we are talking Rosh Hashanah, or Rosh Hashanah, if you like. And uh, the, the sound, we've used that word, teruah, a bunch. That's uh, the shout, the trumpet, the blast, the your voice. You are, you know, the down in your throat here, this thing is called a trumpet. That's the, the, the English word for it. So we are these, this Feast of Trumpets, it's really a, a feast for us. Mm. It's, a, it's a celebration. It's a, it's a feast of the Lord, but he's celebrating this, that he created everything with his words, right? And, and he's given us that power, that creative power. What a great power with yeah. our words True. that we can pray, that we can ask. I just, you know, as we're praying for salvation there, I'm thinking we can ask God for something and he will do it. Yeah. I mean, that's mind-blowing right there. Yes, it is. All right, so shofars and trumpets in Scripture have a lot of connotations. It's not just noise. They're mentioned almost 80 times. They summon the tribes to the tabernacle, get ready to, to you know, pull up the tents and move on. Like, you know, that's kind of like foreshadowing the rapture right there. To inaugurate a new king, uh, to call to repentance, just like our prayer for the lost. You know, the Teruah is a call to repentance. It's as a warning there's a battle cry, a victory shout, the sound of rejoicing. So, gosh, it's hard to figure out something that, that the shofar doesn't represent. So, we're running down 10 reasons why we celebrate this day. We're at number six. The reason we celebrate, for the first time ever, the voice of God was heard. Hmm. Now, today's Rosh Hashanah, the creation of man and the creation of the world, the universe. So, it's this day is the climax of creation week. Tomorrow, or the seventh day, when that comes, will be the day of rest. So this day when he creates man is the climax, the big day. On day one, God said, let there be light. His first words in English, in the beginning, God or Elohim created the heavens and the earth. In Hebrew, there's a bit of revelation. Uh, Bereshit bara Elohim. There's an alatav there. Hashemim ve'it haretz. The Aleph Tov, which I touched a lot about back in when we had the month of Elul in that teaching, the Aleph Tov is always near the name of God, especially identifies the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. In English, the word voice can express a lot of things. Hmm. Sound, she raised her voice, right? Uh, ability, she lost her voice. Opinion, she has a dissenting voice. A point of view, she was the voice of the students, or grammar, it's like the passive voice. So... We, you get the concept. We use that word voice in a mm, lot of different ways. Yeah. That's not like a, a voice I'm using right now, right? In Hebrew, voice, very similar. It's the word kol, Q-O-L. And that includes God's voice. It's used for the sound of thunder, water, mm. rain, a multitude, someone calling out, shouting, or even singing. Kol is also the word used for the sound of a shofar blast. Have you ever thought about the sound of a shofar blast is the voice of God, just like mm. the one on the Feast of Trumpets. It's also the shofar that was heard on the Mount Sinai at Pentecost. I don't know if we remember back through the teachings through the years, but the shofar sounded on Sinai and there was thunder and lightning coming from the mountain and people were scared. They're trembling. They're fearful. And they said, we don't want to meet with God anymore. <laughs> and that is the seventh reason we celebrate the feast. Rosh Hashanah may exist to be a reminder of his voice in Sinai to remind them to turn their attention back to his voice. And I think if I could if I could narrow the one thing that Rosh Hashanah I think is important for, it's that. 
take you back to the beginning. We need to hear the voice, the call of God first at creation, then interacting with Adam, and then we see him interacting with Adam and Eve and their sin, but we're going to learn a little bit more as you go far if you just follow that word voice, call, in Scripture. Genesis 3.8, they heard the voice of Yehovah God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yehovah God among the trees of the garden. Notice we have a voice walking in the cool of the day. That's a very odd kind of translation. The phrase in the cool is the Hebrew word ruach. The English translators made an interesting decision choosing cool of the day. There, It's not wrong, but it may not be right either. (laughs) Ruach is used nearly 100 times for wind and uh, several hundred times for the Holy Spirit. In fact, ruach hokadesh is the most commonly used Hebrew name for the Holy Spirit. So if we adjust that translation a bit, read a little deeper there. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all coming to deal with the sin of Adam and Eve to bring them out of hiding. Mm. This beautiful journey of God. God's voice is carried on the wind of the Holy Spirit through the garden, beckoning Adam and Eve to come out of hiding. They find judgment, but they also find his deep love for them. But for the first time in Genesis 3.8, the man and the woman flee from the voice of God. Adam is explaining why. He said, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Of course, we went through the nakeds there. In one of the most tragic moments in all of time, instead of meeting with God for what may have been a normal meeting in the garden that they had, walking together in the mornings, the man and the woman meet with the serpent, listen to his call, his voice of lies instead of the voice of the Creator. A little later, Exodus 3.17, God reveals the fruit of that betrayal. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice call of your wife, and you've eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat it, cursed is the ground for your sake. So the Bible begins and ends with the tree of life, first in Eden, then in paradise. The tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruits yielding its fruit each month, that's in Revelation 22. He made the moon to mark the appointed times each month, Psalm 104, Revelation 24. Two, blessed are those who do his commandments so they may have access to the tree of life. So when we come to a day like Rosh Hashanah, we're not obliged or bound by any law of God to observe any special feast days, uh, new moons, etc., except Sabbath we're supposed to. But Isaiah prophesied about life in the millennial kingdom, the end times. It shall be that from one month to another, that's Rosh Hodesh, the beginning of a month, and from one Shabbat to another, shall all flesh come to worship me, declares Jehovah. God's calendar was instituted by him, and the days have spiritual application to our lives as believers and as members of the house of Israel. Ephesians 2 says, we have access by the blood of Jesus. For through him we have both access by one spirit to the Father, So then you're no longer strangers and foreigners, but you're fellow citizens of the saints and of the household of God, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. So just because we're not commanded to observe a holy day, it's an honor and a joy to to get to celebrate with Yeshua Jesus, right? Mm. We don't want to be like Adam going, we're going to hide instead. (laughs) It's, It's his glory that is revealed in each of us during these special times. So... A couple of other ways to celebrate Rosh Hashanah. If you're thinking, what do I do? How do I celebrate the day? So on Sunday night through Monday, uh, it's a day off. You don't work, uh, which is a good thing. 
foods. You eat apples dipped in honey, raisin bread dipped in honey. There's honey everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the honey for a sweet year. It's very similar to our New Year's. You know, the, the corn bread and the peas, the black-eyed peas and, and all. You eat fruit to have a fruitful year, sweet to have a sweet year. So think desserts Sunday night, Monday. Pomegranates. You ever have a pomegranate? Yes. They have 613 seeds. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's actually not true, but they the rabbis believe that the Bible has 613 commandments in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Not true. But nonetheless, they, <laughs> that's why they eat pomegranates. Uh, water. Uh, there's a really a symbol, the thing that we all do to this day, Rosh Hashanah, we will on Monday, casting off. There's a custom called Tashlik based on Micah 6. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. He will Tashlik, cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. I love that verse. God is a God of new beginnings and restoration. So on Rosh Hashanah, at some point, you go, you take small pieces of bread, you put them in your pocket or you carry them, whatever, but you empty your pockets into a stream and you could collect pebbles from the bank and throw them in. Uh, what it is, is it's leaving those, like the sins into the depths of the sea. You're leaving your past behind. So just like our January 1st New Year, you may have resolutions to change behaviors, avoid temptation or sin, to pray, prepare for anything God shows you about the coming year. So think of this as the New Year. What would you do as you, it's New Year's. How do you celebrate into the New Year? Very similar for Rosh Hashanah.